Welcome to the Weekly Sprawl. You are tuned into episode 94. Today, we're going to talk about the latest in NFL news, including the uh, blockbuster Julio Jones trade. And then, fittingly enough, we're going to talk about the AFC South, which is the new division that Julio Jones will be on his way to come NFL season time. So before we get into all that, I want to introduce my co-host as per usual. I have Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan with me here today. How you guys doing? Doing good. Um... You know, I wish the Packers had traded for Julio Jones, but <laughs> alas, they did not. So, congrats to the Titans. Uh, I think it helps them a lot, but we're, we're going to get into that in, in a sec. Yeah, I yeah. feel like every episode you're like, whenever there's something, you're like, I wish the Packers did something. <laughs> now, we signed a running back in free agency, so that was, you know, that was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, be fifth string. Sweet. Um, I'm surprised more moves didn't happen this week. Especially after June 1st. But, you know, Julio Jones is the biggest domino to fall. <clears throat> Maybe this whole offseason in terms of trades. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll, we'll get into it, obviously, right now. But, huge move. And um, the Titans, you know, they, they might be something. We'll see. We'll see. So, let's talk about the Julio Jones trade then. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's keep it on, on subject here. And, and we'll talk about the uh, the AFC South and, and our divisional picks here afterwards but let's let's just touch on julio jones what do we think about this trade both from a value perspective as well as how he fits in with the titans offense um and you know we'll discuss whether we think the titans will win the division but you know what does this do for them what is this what is ryan Tannehill getting in, a, in julio jones here well first i'll talk about the falcon side of things because they get kind of overlooked because they're the team that's obviously getting rid of them i actually think it's decent value because the old regime in Atlanta absolutely screwed over this, the new one. Um, Arthur Smith and uh, the new GM fought no came from the Rams, I believe. Uh, they were in a tough spot because they couldn't even sign their draft picks because they were such in cap hell. And they didn't even pick up anybody in free agency, really. No big names because they had no money. And they're kind of stuck with Matt Ryan for the next two years. So they had to, do, they had to move Julio Jones literally just to get their rookies on the roster. So when that's you know well known by everybody, you're going to have to sell Julio Jones for less than what he is probably worth. I mean, Julio Jones, a player, is worth the first round pick at least. However, when everyone knows that he's going to be traded, no doubt about it, makes things tough. So getting a second round pick this upcoming year in a 2023 third rounder and giving up a sixth round pick, which I mean isn't that much, you get him out of NFC, so if you do have intentions of competing, you don't have to face them in your own conference, which is huge, and you're still getting a second-round pick. And the Titans, we'll get to later, we think they'll be good, but I don't expect them to be picking in the 30s or late 20s. I think they're a a low to mid-20s pick. So you can still get decent value there. Um, We'll see what happens long-term with the Falcons. They have some guys, though. I mean, Cal Pitts, I think, is going to be great. Uh, Matt Ryan is going to be a good player, obviously. Calvin Ridley is solid. Uh, they need to figure out a running back situation, but Arthur Smith is a very good head coach, uh, so he'll be all right there. In terms of the Titans, they need another receiver. Uh, the write-up I did the first draft before uh, the trade happened, and I'm like, yeah, they need someone desperately besides A.J. Brown. And then A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, that's two beasts at receiver, like two top physical specimens, even if Julio Jones is aging. So you pair those guys with Derrick Henry, that's pretty good. Top Ryan Tannehill, of course, he can get the ball to them. Now they have to replace Arthur Smith, which I'm going to break down later in the AFC South preview, uh, which is another thing. But on paper, that trio might be the best in the NFL, to be honest. Uh, I can't think of anything better than that in terms of running back and two receivers. 
I mean, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, and Aaron Jones, but who's <laughs> who's who's I don't know where I was going with that. Who's but anyway, <laughs> who's counting? And yeah, I don't. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't find the phrase. Thanks. I appreciate you. Um, I think Calvin Ridley is going to be more than a solid receiver. Every time he's had an opportunity that Julio Jones ha- has been injured, he's performed at an incredibly high level. Like in, in the last seven or eight games or something, he has over 100 yards when Julio isn't playing. So uh, his stock is rising by that shit. Like he bought the GameStop stock uh, a few months ago and uh, put him at the top of your fantasy football draft boards because I think especially with Arthur Smith and uh, that play action game and and you can sort of look at at what uh, AJ Brown did last year for for the Titans and Calvin Ridley's going to fill that role. So I think uh, at a minimum you're going to look be looking at 1000 plus yards and you know upwards of of 10 touchdowns on on the year. Um, really high on him. He's a little bit older of a a guy came out late. Um, but he he can produce and and now it's his time to shine because uh you know tight ends typically take a long time to develop in the NFL. They're usually not instant impact guys. Uh, so Pitts might have some nice moments and, and get a couple hundred yards on the season, but I, I don't expect him to just come in and replace Julio's level no, of production no. or uh, be this huge star that everyone's saying, like he's a gold jacket kind of guy and he hasn't taken a snap in the NFL yet. Like It takes time for, for tight ends to, to adjust and learn the blocking schemes in the pass game and pass pro and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a little bit t- uh, of time to, to sort of settle in and, and make an impact. So uh, Calvin Ridley fans, be pumped because um, he's going to get a great opportunity. And uh, like you said, I, the Falcons need some some help, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So picks definitely help. Uh, they're in cap hell, so they got to do stuff and, and lay low for a couple of years, especially <clears throat> with Matt Ryan's deal. He, his dead cap hit is enormous. I think it's upwards of $40 million or something like that. So... Uh, you're you're hamstrung there a little bit, but um, trading assets, building assets for a new regime that theoretically has some some wiggle room to to experiment and build stuff up and and sort of reload that team. Um, as far as as far as the, as the Titans, you know, I, I in the offseason I was very low on them, and that'll be reflected in our discussion in a moment, but. Uh, they definitely needed a receiver, and and like you said, they're they're getting a new offensive coordinator. Really, all they had was was AJ Brown, and they got Josh Reynolds, and that's fine. Um, but replacing the production of Johnu Smith and and Corey Davis was was going to be tough. And you know they were one of the top three offense last year, and to be able to sustain that with a new offensive coordinator and and a lot of new skill guys, uh, I wasn't super confident in that. But uh, if Julio can play, he instantly makes the Titans. Uh, window for the Super Bowl wide open. And if you want to go right now, now is the time to do it when Derrick Henry still got juice. Um, so I, I like the trade for them, and, and they're they're pushing their chips in a little bit. And you know, a second isn't even all that much. You know, I don't know that I totally understand the valuation of draft picks in general. It seems like you got to pay like a future first to move up, you know, eight spots in the draft in, in April, but. Uh, then you go and trade for a starting caliber receiver for uh, a second. And I know the rookie contract impacts that a lot, but I think it's just like a draft frenzy. Like the, the asking price just goes through the roof. And I don't, I don't know that I follow that a ton, but. Well, I think there's one word that's kind of sums that up a little bit and it's leverage, right? During the draft at the time, a team wants that player that's sitting there. You have a clock counting down. You got it. You got to take what you can get at that point. Whereas right now, everybody kind of knew, like Durgan mentioned, that Julio Jones was on his way out. 
Um, I, I think this is really fair, to be honest. I mean, let's look at Julio Jones as who he is right now. Still a top-tier receiver, but we'd be lying if we didn't look at the fact that he's 32, right? He's going to get paid a lot of money. And then on top of that, this is sort of, you know, you could... This may be a little anecdotal, but he's only played four full seasons out of his 10 uh, as a wide receiver in the NFL. So uh, there's an argument to be made that he's not capable of staying on the field an entire season. So I think a second and a fourth when... Atlanta has gotten his best years out of him already is a fair price for both sides. I don't think either team kind of ran away with this one. I like the fit. I think the Titans, this is going to be really good for them. And I'm excited for the Titans, as, as will be reflected in our discussion later. And that was pre-trade. I was still excited for the Titans. So um, I the, my only regret here is I think Atlanta needs to kind of retool sooner rather than later um, and, and figure things out. And maybe just blow it all up and you got some good young players and and try to figure out a way to just dump Matt Ryan. I'm not sure the contract details there, but um, I don't see a discernible plan for the future at quarterback for Atlanta, which is a little bit of a concern um, because I think this team can be decent and that's not necessarily good when you're trying to find a top tier talent at quarterback. So um, not sure where Atlanta goes from here, but I'm very excited for what this means for the Titans. With that, let's transition a little bit um, and talk about the AFC South as a division, where we have which teams. I have a feeling there's going to be a, similar to the, to the previous division we uh, discussed, there's going to be a one and a two, and then there's going to be the bottom two. And, and, yeah. and the first two might be flip-flopped, but um, the bottom two are probably we're all in line on. So we'll go with similar uh, the similar structures before. Let's talk about, Durgan, we'll go to, we'll go to you, talk about your first team, and then... Um, we'll keep it with that team and then give our positions. Yeah, so the top team in this division I have are the Colts. Uh, Colts are the best defense, I think, by a wide margin. And when you look at their roster, what I've been doing you know, so far is I've looked at the teams that what they do in free agency, what they do in the draft, did they get better, did they get worse on paper? And the Colts didn't lose anybody besides Rivers, and they replaced them with Carson Wentz, who he's going to be, you know, the guy who's the catalyst. If he's going to go, you know, be a good player like he was in Philadelphia at some point, this team could be really good. I don't think he needs to be. Cyrus shaking his head. Cyrus has uh, you know, PTSD from uh, Carson Wentz last year. Uh, but it, he won't be at MVP level like he was before he tore his ACL. But if he can be in between that level and what he was last year, that's above what Rivers was. I think he can do a lot more than offense with Frank Reich. So uh, that would be interesting to see how he he's, – he's the one. I mean, also give a first-round pick for him. So you, you're kind of banking on him being uh, the guy. And Jonathan Taylor really found his footing at the end of last year. And he ended up being the third-leading rusher in the league, which is kind of crazy because it didn't seem like he didn't get going until the last half of the year. So uh, he's ready to go. The offensive line is still good. They lost Costanzo. Uh, but they're, as a unit, they're still very solid. Uh, also, the fact that Indy last year made the playoffs, and they went toe-to-toe with the Bills on the road. So they were a good team last year. Uh, they obviously had the limitations, which I still think they kind of have now. And the fact they don't have many star players. They're just a deep roster that has a lot of, well, Leonard's a really good player and Taylor could be. But they don't have that top end, you know, get this guy the ball on offense and he's going to score for you at any moment. Could be Taylor, not proven though. On defense, uh, they drafted K. Woody Pay. DeForest Buckner is great. Uh, Darius Leonard, like I said, is great. They only have a great secondary guy. So they're a player or two away, I think, from being Super Bowl contenders, actually. 
But in terms of all-around play, all-around roster building, they are elite. Uh, great management in terms of general manager, uh, head coach dynamic. They've been great so far. And even when they had Jacoby Brissett, they were still a competitive team. So I see no way that this team uh, doesn't finish below 500. I'm a little high on them. I got 11-6 and six in the fourth seed in the AFC. Yeah, I don't know what I was doing when I made my picks, but I also have the Colts at the top <laughs> oh my of the God. division here. You're um, insane. <laughs> You know, I, I, the Julio Jones trade does change things for me. That's, and yeah, that's good point. Part of, part of the issue is that we do this way early, and then things happen, and you know, m- trades are made, and people get hurt, and et cetera, et cetera. And the 49ers are finding that out as as well as the, <laughs> the Titans and the, the Falcons. So, uh, I, I think things may end up being a little tighter than I have it here. But I have the Colts going 11 and six and being the fourth seed as well. Um, I just I, I hate them less now that Philip Rivers isn't on the on the team, um, but I also don't think Wentz is going to take some magic step back and recapture that MVP season with with Reich. I think there's uh, limitations as far as what his potential is, and uh, I'm not super sold that we're just going to see this transcendent guy that uh, is all of a sudden fixed because Frank Reich, the quarterback whisperer, is whispering in his ear again. Um, so I, I think their formula is still run the ball and play good defense, and that might not be super exciting football, but it will be winning football, especially within their division. Uh, I mean, you got two powder puffs. Uh, that's not politically, politically correct anymore. You got two uh, subpar organizations right now, um, the Jaguars and the Texans. You can chalk four wins right there, um, and that helps gives you a, a, a little boost, and then you got to duke it out with the, the Titans. Um, so I... Like you were saying, I think on offense, they don't have a dude, um, especially outside. So I'm not sure uh, the weapons are better than Philadelphia had last year for for Wentz, but I'm not sold. Are they, though? uh, Yeah. You want to run through the weapons? Marginally. Marginally. I mean, T.Y. Hilton, where's that guy gone? This is the ghost of T.Y. Hilton out on the field. Michael Pittman had 500 yards last season. Let's not pretend he was some Justin Jefferson out there as a rookie. Like. I'm just saying, player. I'm not slandering the Eagles receivers. I was saying you can slander the Eagles receivers not all great. you want, but it's comparing shit to shit is what we're. That's doing what right I'm. Here. That's what I was going towards. If you okay. didn't jump in and get all, all sad, right, you're getting me the fired Eagles up. Receivers you both of you getting me all <laughs> terrible, hot and bothered. It's not the right term, but anyway, go ahead, Casey. <laughs> My point was there. There is no dude on the outside for the Colts, and they may be better. Michael Pittman and and Ty Hilton may have been better than the receivers last year for the Eagles, uh, but it's a marginal improvement at that. Is that a satisfactory uh, conclusion there, Cyrus? It is. It is. Okay. So run the ball and play good defense and win some games. If you can't do that, I wouldn't rely on Wentz to do it for you. Yeah, this I'm just shocked, really, because like it's like everybody all of a sudden has amnesia and forgets that Carson Wentz was literally the worst quarterback in the NFL last season. Like that didn't just go away. That's not just something that never happened. This guy doesn't doesn't just go to the Colts and all of a sudden become amazing and save this franchise. Comparing quarterback to quarterback, Carson Wentz is worse than Philip Rivers. That is just the case. There is no questioning it. You look at the stats, even from when Philip Rivers fell off a cliff. He fell off a little bit less of a cliff than Carson Wentz fell off. So when we look at these two, logically, unless Carson Wentz, you know, got his Space Jam talent somewhere pulled back into him, 
there's no reason why this team is going to be better this year than they were last year. And I don't think this team is going to do good at all, honestly. Like, when I look at this roster, it's a great defense. But you're putting Carson Wentz in a similar situation except the offensive line. So really the only thing I see here that will be the X factor in them being successful is Jonathan Taylor and this running game. If if they have, like, thousands of yards, plural, rushing, this team might do well. But if you're going to rely on Carson Wentz to do anything with T.Y. Hilton, who we've all seen and admitted is a shell of what he used to be, Michael Pittman Jr., question mark, rookie receiver. He did okay his rookie year, but who knows what's going to happen with him. Paris Campbell, and then kind of after that, I mean, you got some some no names. I mean, Zach Pascal is solid. But it's just not – when I look at this roster, it's a lateral move, I think. And people like to overstate that Frank Reich made Carson Wentz who Carson Wentz was, right? I mean, people – that narrative is really exciting for people to latch on to. But that's not a guarantee, there is no there is no guarantee that just because now he's reunited with his former offensive coordinator, he's going to be a good quarterback. And I don't think this team's going to do good at all. I looked through the schedule. When I was picking their record, um, I ended up having them at 6-11. and 11. So clearly just not a believer in this team. I think their defense is, is really good. Like Durgan mentioned, it is the best defense in this division. But I, I think this offense is going to struggle. Like I, I don't think they're going to play well this season. And I think Carson Wentz is going to struggle because he still doesn't have anybody to throw to. Yes, he'll have time. He'll have more time now because he'll be sitting behind a better offensive line, assuming no injuries. But I, I'm just not—I'm not optimistic for the outlook of this Colts team. I have them still second, just because, like we touched on, the rest of this division is just trash. But um, to me, I—I I don't think they hold a candle to the Titans. Well, they went 11 to five last year and didn't lose anybody besides Rivers. So unless Well, Rivers had a good season last year. I mean, he was he was okay. I mean, he, no, he's he was not Rivers. okay. He had like 4300 yards, 24 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. What did Carson Wentz have? Like not 2000 yards, could. 16 interceptions. I mean, come on. Like well, at least my next point. Carson Wentz, I mean this in the nicest way possible. He's a mental midget. So when it came to being in Philadelphia, where fans are you know on top of him, the media's on top of him, which they should have been because he didn't play well, he is going to crumble. When you play in Indianapolis, when everything is you know slow moving, no one really hides you in the radar until the end of the year when you start doing well, there'll be less pressure on him. And I think, not that Doug Peterson's a bad coach, I think he's actually a really good coach and he should have a job. I don't think he did a great job of putting Carson Wentz in position to succeed last year. Of course, the offensive line, lack of weapons, didn't help at all. But Frank Reich's going to make things really simple for Carson Wentz. Taylor's going to be able to run pretty well. And if Taylor can't run, there's a lot of two of the guys on a team can run pretty well. So they have plenty of depth at running back. And also, quick stat, they have beaten the Titans 15 out of the last 20 times. Sometimes franchises just own another franchise, and the Colts own the Titans. Yes, Titans well, got better. They used to be historically a lot better than the Titans were just in the past. So I think yeah, that's a little be, out of context for right now. Still, I mean, still. the Titans weren't very good. Like in recent history, they were not great. And the Colts have always had, I mean, what was it, Peyton Manning and then Andrew Luck? Like pretty, pretty good. Still, but they still own them. And in the last few years, they've beaten them you know, more times than not. So... I'm just a believer in the Colts. I'm saying their defense. Defense, defense, defense. That travels. Uh, Titans, I mean, obviously, you have the Titans as the first team, right, Cyrus? So yes. you, can, you, can, you can go first, and then we'll go second, since you have them as your uh, champion. 
Yeah, clearly I have some magic eight ball somewhere, and I knew <laughs> that Julio Jones was on his way here because when I was picking these games, I had the Titans at 13 and four, which is maybe a little bit higher than I would have thought they would be had you just said, hey, what's the Titans record going to be? But I think this team has very little holes at the moment um, across the board, and I, I'm I'm joining the Casey hype train here. This was this was Casey's baby last season. <laughs> he was all about the Titans, and now I'm kind of I'm I'm jumping on that bandwagon. Um, so I don't know. I, I just look across this team. I think their offense is going to be just unstoppable, uh, and I like what they're doing on defense. They they have a few holes, but. Um, when I filled out the schedule, they're they're pretty average as far as strength of schedule goes. I think they're somewhere in the middle of the pack. So um, I think there's just tremendous upside considering the rest of the, this division and and what the other teams look like. So I got them at 13 and four, and maybe a little hot take, maybe a Super Bowl contender if Julio Jones is healthy. Maybe, but maybe. I think their schedule is t- tough. I mean, yeah. they play the NFC West, so they play the Cardinals, they play the Seahawks, uh, they play the Chiefs, they play the Bills, they play the Rams, they play the Saints, uh, they play the Patriots, they play the Steelers, they play the 49ers, they play the Dolphins. Those are some tough teams. And True, but they also play their interdivisional teams twice, So, and those are not some tough teams. No, they're not. But you can say the same thing about the Colts. I mean, it's yeah. Like I, I, I am more swayed with the Julio Jones trade. I went and looked at their roster a, a, again a little bit. I like the Bud Dupree signing. If Caleb Farley pans out, that's going to help their secondary a ton. My biggest concern was the loss of the skill guys in the in free agency with Corey Davis and Johnny Smith, and then the the defense that couldn't stop a nosebleed uh, on the other side of the ball. And I thought the the amount of offense that they were generating last year was going to be unsustainable with Derrick Henry getting whatever 400 500 touches a season, uh, a new offensive coordinator, all this change, this this. Uh, different personnel you're going to have. I, I just felt like that was not going to be a sustainable way to win games if you didn't have a more solid defense. Now, if that defense sort of congeals and comes together and they get some pass rush and, and some help on the back end and Kevin Byard starts playing well again, uh, you got Janoris Jenkins. Like I, I see a lot of and potential you on there. Caleb Farley too, right? Did you, did you mention yeah. him? Yeah. 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 If, he's so, if he's healthy, that's a, that's a I mean, huge potential huge. starter right yeah. there. On On paper, I love it. I just didn't see it, especially on the defensive side of the ball last year, to make me think these guys can go and compete with anyone every single week. It felt like they were too reliant on their offense, and they lost a lot of pieces on offense. Now with Julio, I think things change, and they, they're going to have a better shot. So I, I originally had them at 7-9. At and nine. Um, I, I would expect them to get to 8, 9, 10 potentially wins now. Just sort of, if, if things come together and, and if things really hit, uh, I can see him winning the division and, and making some noise in the AFC for sure. So I have them at 10 and 7 pre Julio. Uh, they just missed a playoff by actually one game and missed actually a division by one game too. I think Julio Jones gives them at least one win. So I call 11 and 6 ish. Uh, but I do have more questions about them compared to the Colts. Colts, what you see is what you're going to get, in my opinion. Um, I worry about A.J. Brown. Has surgery on both his knees. That's kind of concerning. Julio Jones played eight games last year. 32 years old. Is he? I mean, he's going to attract attention, but can he still be that game breaker? And can Derrick Henry stay healthy after leading the league in rushing attempts back-to-back years? 
That hasn't been done since early 2000s, where Ricky Williams did that. In his third year, he retired, so we don't know what happened. Uh, for that, it happened with Emmett Smith. Back-to-back -back years, obviously Emmett Smith, one of the best of all time. The last time a player led the league in rushing three straight years was the late 70s with Walter Payton. So if anybody can do it, it's a beast like Derrick Henry. There's no comparison because he is just such a big physical presence. But you know, history is not on his side. Uh, Farley and Dupree, can they stay healthy? Dupree's going to miss, I think, the first few games. Uh, come out with torn ACL. So that defense, how are they going to look? If they can play average, then they seem to be good. But if they play like they did last year, they'll be kind of the same spot. Also, Arthur Smith, he was great for them. He totally turned that offense around. Whoever's replacing him, you know, are they going to look as good on offense as they did last few years? I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. I, too many questions, in my opinion. Um, but Julio Jones, obviously does change it, but I think 10-7 and seven is fair. That's a little low, maybe, but it's fair. Rebuttal, Cyrus? No. <laughs> no rebuttal. We're, we're, we're agreeing with you, definitely. We're not, not saying the no, Titans suck or anything, so... That's why uh, I don't have a rebuttal, because yeah, you agree exactly. with me. There's nothing to yeah. rebut. I, I'm probably just a little higher than you guys, and maybe I'm just burned a little on the Colts and Carson Wentz marriage because hey, it is PTSD, two former uh, Eagles Eagles on that you know Frank Reich and, and Carson Wentz and um, it would be bittersweet but to see to kind of see them do really well but at the same time you know I don't want to wish bad on anyone um, but I really just like this Titans roster you know through and through and I think Vrabel's going to put an emphasis on defense um, they promoted Todd Downing who's I think kind of the protege to Arthur Smith. Um, so I don't think anything's going to change schematically, so we'll see. But obviously, as we've seen with the Eagles, any you know, offensive coordinator leaving can have an impact on the team. Mm -hmm. Anyways, let's go to the third team in this division. I'm assuming we all have the Jaguars. Let's talk about the yes. Jaguars a little bit. Jaguars. I got them at 4-13. Four, four I think that's actually a little too low because they're going to be a dangerous team. They'll, they'll, they'll be in some games where they should not be in. Like They might pull a few upsets off because – they have some players. Trevor Lawrence, he, I think he's going to play really well as a rookie. And him alone, I think, gets um, six wins. That's why I was kind of low on four wins. Uh, great Trevor Lawrence stat. He has never lost a regular season game in high school or college. I saw that. So he's a winner. It, it doesn't matter anyway. put it. Yeah, going from college to NFL is a totally different game. But he's a winner. He's, he's never known what losing is. And same with Urban Meyer. Once again, coaching college a lot different than coaching NFL. We saw with Nick Saban. Maybe the greatest college coach of all time. Couldn't get done in the NFL. But he's also, he's never lost either. So you have guys who are just winners in every sense of the word. It might take them a few years, but if I had a forecast, I wrote this year, in two years, who I think the best team in the division will be, I think it will be the Jaguars. Because you have your quarterback. You have a coach who has a lot of questions, but he knows what he's doing. You have some skill guys. LaVisca Chanel, I think, is going to have a huge year. DJ Chark. They had Robinson and NTN now. Defense, maybe a little, little bit of desire there, but you know, give them two more years. Who knows? So this team will pull off some upsets this year. They won't be in the playoffs, but, man, I think they'll be exciting, which is well, weird to say when it comes to the Jaguars. They're both about to get real familiar with losing here real quick. <laughs> um, Casey, we'll toss it to you, but let's let Trevor Lawrence you know, step on a football field, on an NFL field, before we uh, crown him as – leading this team to the divisional win in two years. But anyways, go ahead, Casey. 
Uh, I, I was just going to say they had a ton of close games that they lost last year. Yeah. Uh, they lost to the Titans by three. Let's see. They lost to the Bengals by eight. They lost to the Packers by four. They lost to the Texans by two. They lost to the Browns by two. They lost to the Vikings by three. And that was all their close games. But they were in games a lot of the time. Against and, teams that are better than them. That are considerably yeah. better than them. Yeah, talent-wise for sure. And, and I like what the, the Jaguars are doing roster-wise. You, you mentioned Etienne, who I don't like taking in the first round, but I like him as a, as a player in general, James Robinson. You got DJ Chark. You got Marvin Jones Jr. You got LaVisca Chenault. You got Tim Tebow at tight end. I mean, <laughs> there you go right there. That's all that needs to be said. Um, and then on defense, like you said, a little bit lacking. They have C.J. Henderson, who they they took last year. They have Miles Jack, uh, Josh Allen, waiting for that guy to, to consistently show up. Shaquille Griffin they got at the corner position in free agency. Uh, so there are some pieces there, and I think they're a little bit closer than a lot of people are, are expecting. Um, if they can just hang around with teams and, and be competitive and, and escape with some wins at the end, I think that's that's a success for them. So. Uh, I have them at five and twelve, and and I wouldn't be surprised to to start seeing them make some leaps, especially if they can nail some of these draft picks and 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 start building. Um, it'll be interesting to see sort of what they do next year as far as drafting, because you have Lawrence, who was the lock at number one, and then you have a suspect choice for your second first round pick with Etienne. And I don't know that you get the best value there, but it'll be interesting to see how, how a and that team approaches the next off season as well. I was hoping to hear you say Caleb on chase on just for fun on the defensive side, but you didn't. That's okay. Uh, I thought about it. It was too long of a name. <laughs> yeah. I, I like this team on offense. Uh, I, I think the trio of receivers they have is good. Like you said, Etienne's a good running back, terrible value. Like one of the worst first round picks that I think they could have made, but they did. And it's clearly a, some hometown cook in there or whatever you call it. But um, this team, uh, the schedule is rough for this division, like you mentioned, Casey, and this is going to hit the, the worst teams a little harder than the good teams, I think. Um, and unfortunately, I'm, I'm like I said, Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, you better get used to losing because I know you're used to winning. I don't want to hear any any drama and complaining from you in the locker room afterwards because you're going to lose some games here in Jacksonville. Um, but there's there's room for optimism for the future. Two years, maybe too tight of a turnaround, uh, but four years, five years, potentially, I think this team could turn it around. Let's talk about another team, though, that may may not turn it Oof. around in a while. Uh, <laughs> who knows what's going on with this team? I guess there's... There's a lot of unanswered questions here, and uh, it's sort of an unfortunate situation all around through and through, but the Texans... Oh, before we do, I had the Jaguars at a pretty bad 3-14. and 14. Anyways, let's go on to the Texans. Yeah, Texans. We all have them the same record, and that we record do? is not not good. It's a very bad record. It's 1-16. Did we 16. all just pick them to win one game? Yeah. Oh, I think man. I'm being the, I think they played. I think they played. No, I don't know who I, I had them beating the Jets. I think I, had I think them so. Maybe the Jets. yeah, probably Jets or maybe yeah, or maybe the Jaguars. I don't know. They're, they'll be bad. They're gonna be very very bad. And I am anticipating Watson not playing. Definitely not playing a full season. I don't know if he's gonna play at all. Whether that's via suspension with his off the field issues or him just sitting out. I mean, there was a report last week that he's not gonna report to any camp, uh, whether it's mandatory or optional. I think that's maybe the least of his worries right now. He might be going to jail, for all we know. Uh, rumor also has that he wants to go to the Broncos. I don't know why everyone wants to go to the Broncos <laughs> now. Yeah, what, but what is that? Why? I Well, I guess because they're like the one team that obviously needs like 
a quarterback and has young talent. Uh, I don't know. Packers, I don't know. Uh, Eagles. Uh, hey. hey, what? Yeah, we you guys need a quarterback. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Forgot. Yeah, yeah. My bad. But uh, outside of Watson, I mean, if Watson plays a full season, he's actually focused. He alone can get them the four wins. I think. I think that's the cap on this team because also their coaching is terrible. David Coley did not deserve a head coaching job. He has proven nothing uh, to be a guy. Uh, so that's also interesting. But their roster is horrific, especially on defense. They have they have no guys on this team where you look at – or Lermy Tunsil's a good left tackle, even though he commits a lot of penalties. But overall, they have nobody that – if Washington goes out, you cannot expect this team to win a game. Tyrod Taylor is a good backup quarterback when he's on a good team. And he is not on a good team, so he's going to struggle. And – so we'll see what happens. If they can move on from Watson, they absolutely have to. And his stock might be low, so maybe it's not the time right now. Maybe we want to wait till next year. But I think this seems like the number one overall pick, so they can get quarterback that way. You can get three or four first-round picks for Deshaun Watson. Uh, whether, once again, if he's not in jail, uh, we don't know what's going to happen there. But they got totally restart. I mean, you had the phase of your franchise for years, J.J. Watt, just bashing the commitment the heart of the team, and when that happens publicly, it's not good. It's not good. So, Jackie Easterby has done a great job of tearing this team down uh, to its very, very low points, and it's going to be a rough year in Houston. Yeah, there's not a ton to be excited about, except for this stable of running backs, man. David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, and Rex Burkhead are ready to Ooh. win you a fantasy Ooh. football championship three years ago. Um, three years ago. <laughs> that's that's about all there is, though, man. I, you, you look at the roster, and there's not a whole lot to be excited about. Um, you know, I think the, the best you hope for is that they're competitive in some of the games and uh, secure the number one pick. Um, there's no bona fide dude that uh, is a lock at that position, so the college season will be interesting to watch for them. Uh, maybe if you're a, a Texans fan, you can just uh, click over to the Oklahoma games and watch Spencer Rattler, Rattler or yeah. watch some Duke games and uh, UNC, check out the quarterback. UNC, 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 yes, yes, same colors, but <laughs> different teams drastically. Um, so, yeah, we all, like we mentioned, 1-16. Uh, I think it's going to be very hard for them to go 0-17. You know, we only had whatever two teams in history go 0-16, and, and now you get an extra game to, to wiggle one out, and I think they find a way to do that, uh, whether it's against the Jets or, or someone else. I'm not 100%, but uh, I, I wouldn't expect to see them on primetime this year. No. Yep. I hope I really, not. I, uh, there's just nothing to add, and it's depressing enough talking about the Houston Texans. So I'm going to ask a question, and we can talk about this instead because I think it's a little more exciting. Will Tim Tebow play in a regular season game this season? Will he even make the team, Ooh. I guess, is a good question. <sighs> Moving it back to Jacksonville. No. No to what? Both. No to both. Okay. I think. Sorry, Tim. I think he makes a practice squad just based on the fact that him and Urban Meyer are, like, great buddies. And I will say, yes, he plays in a game, but it won't be week one. It'll be, like, week 14 when they're already out of it and they need some excitement. Come on, Tim. We got you. I'm going to I'm gonna agree with Casey on this one. I think he gets cut at some point. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what the motivation is here to come back and switch positions to a tight end all of a sudden. And I guess it's, it's probably the most Florida thing happening in, in the NFL at the moment. <laughs> Pairing him and uh, him and uh, uh, what's the dude from Remember the Titans? 
Sunshine? Sunshine. Him, pairing him sunshine. and Sunshine together. But anyways, I don't know. I I, I don't think he'll see the you know field. I, I Also, I feel bad for Tim Tebow because he's a nice guy. And yeah, he shouldn't have gotten a chance. But like in terms of dudes in the NFL who like, okay, this guy is an A-plus person and like you want to see him succeed, it's Tim Tebow. But like he does it to himself because he's so bad of an athlete that like, yeah, like people are going to crap all over you. But I hope for his sake he makes it because he seems like a great guy. Uh, he's a great analyst too. I don't know why he's not just retiring and hanging out at ESPN, but you know he doesn't want to quit. He's pulling to Jason Witten, but he's he's switching to Jason Witten's position as well. Yeah. <laughs> for for whatever it's worth, he's listed as the fourth tight end on ESPN's depth chart right now. Hey, you know, got to move up one spot. <clears throat> That's true. I would I would be excited to you know tune into a Jaguars preseason game maybe and see yes. uh, in the third or fourth quarter if he's getting if he's getting some play but otherwise yeah I'm, I'm with Casey he's not he's not making that team barring uh, any unforeseen circumstances uh let's wrap it up there though on episode 94 thank you guys for sticking with us and tuning in we are stoked to be going through all these divisions leading up to the season we will cover all of the latest and greatest and all of the NFL news coming out as we have these episodes before we head out I want to give my co-hosts a chance to plug some content you should be on the lookout for uh Durgan what do you got coming up we'll mix it up and go with you first yes got the big boys the 2022 offensive lineman top 10 That's it. Cool. I, I can't I hear him. Got, Did he cut out? No, he 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 said it. Okay. And then I was waiting for you to prompt me. Anyways. All right. Well, uh, what are you tripping? All right. Okay. Well, I'll just say it and then cut you it out. It. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. That sounds awesome. What about you, Casey? Uh, we got some more big boys or a big boy in Dallas, Zeke Elliott, who maybe put on a couple pounds in Cabo. Too big. Uh, yeah, uh, but with looking at him and his production this last year, um, he had trouble reading a particular run scheme, but was still very effective in, in the outside zone and zone as a zone runner in general. Um, he just struggled with some of the gap scheme stuff. So if you're interested in seeing what exactly and how all that stuff works for him and how he might fit in Mike McCarthy's system next year, uh, you can take a look at that on Thursday on, on YouTube.com slash Weekly Spiral or check out the website and it'll be on there as well. Awesome. If you see some hate comments in the comment section, it's probably me on that one. But without further ado, this has been a Weekly Spiral production bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you again for sticking with us. We hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, it is awesome. And we'll catch you next week for episode 95.